Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, for this week, I uh, wanted to recap some of the playoff games in the NBA, uh, discuss some of the matchups, uh, talk about the uh, Debo Samuel trade request, uh, some TV watch list stuff that I've been watching, the Snowfall uh, season finale yesterday. Um, let's see what else. I've been watching Severance. That season ended, but I'm barely in episode two, uh, winning time. So we'll get into that, uh, get into some other stuff in the NBA as well. I guess let's uh, start with yesterday's matchups. Uh, we had the Bulls and the Bucks, uh, Sixers and Raptors, Nets and Celtics. So the Bulls and the Bucks, I thought, you know, you know, injury-wise and stuff that uh, the Bucks. I think I picked the Bucks in six games. Uh, DeMar DeRozan had a great night, uh, scoring 41 points on 16-31 shots. Zach Levine, 20 points. And then uh, Vucevic has really uh, improved a lot. You know, during the season, Vucevic, he was supposed to be you know, that 20 and 10 guy, um, you know, I think he was having some issues finding his role on the team. Um, but you know, this, uh, this year in the playoffs, he's been, he's been showing up. Um, so they, they got the win yesterday in Milwaukee. Um, you know, another great game from Giannis, but, um, now with the MCL strain, I think from, uh, Chris Middleton, I think that's something to keep an eye on. Cause if he can't go, um, you know, for a few games in the series and, you know, that could be uh, trouble for, for Milwaukee, but, you know, they have to be able to take down um, Giannis, who, who's the best player in the series. But if DeMar DeRozan keeps putting up numbers like that, um, they could extend the series. But right now it's tied 1-1. Obviously, I still have uh, Milwaukee, um, you know, advancing, going to the finals. Uh, but that, that's been a, you know, better matchup, you know, than I thought it would be, honestly. Um, and then going to the Sixers and the Raptors, I was so wrong about this uh, so far. They're going for the sweep. Uh, Sixers, they won in dramatic fashion. There was a buzzer beater game-winning three by uh, Joel Embiid yesterday. Uh, so they won in overtime, 104 to 101. And they're up on Toronto 3-0. And I was on the record here on this podcast this last episode. I said that the Raptors... Would beat the Sixers. I think I said six games because I just didn't believe, um, you know, the cohesiveness of uh, of Joel Embiid and uh, James Harden. James Harden isn't even doing that much, really. He he just scored 19 points. Not he's 19 10. Not having to be the main focal point of the offense, I think, is um, better for him at this point in his career. Um, I thought, you know, defensively, Toronto would just, you know, double up and bead, but you can't stop him. He's unstoppable. Scoring 33 points, 13 rebounds. He's had a, an amazing series against the Raptors. Um, you know, even even with the Raptors, they're, you know, well-rounded offensively, and then, you know, they have some some good players on defense. But, but damn, you can't stop and beat, and he's playing like, like an MVP um, I still think the MVP is Jokic, but um, I was so wrong about that, so I apologize to to all of Philadelphia for uh, for picking the Raptors. I still don't have the Sixers making to the finals, but you know they're they're obviously uh, going to advance here. The odds are heavily in their favor, and um, yeah, I, I was wrong for that one. Um, Nets and Celtics. Uh, Celtics took a 2-0 lead against um, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets, uh, 114-107. Uh, this looks like it's going to be a five-game series. Like the games have been close, but um, Boston, you know, in the past, normally Boston would be, you know, they'd have a big lead, 
they'd give it up. You know, they wouldn't have carry that momentum into the fourth quarter. Marcus Smart just, um, just was just named Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and, I, and I told you that this is going to be the series where uh, Jason Tatum elevates his stature in the NBA. And I think I said Jalen Brown too. But uh, Jason, Jason Tatum, he had a, that great game one performance with him and, uh, and um, Kyrie Irving going back to back. And, you know, he, he had that buzzer beater, you know, where... Marcus Smart had the ball at the three-point line. Clock was running down. And I thought he was going to just shoot it. But then you see Jason Tatum cut, and he does like this spin move layup around um, around Kyrie Irving. It was like a, a desperation shot, and it went in, and they won. <clears throat> and that was like the best game of the playoffs so far. And then, um, you know, you, you follow that up with uh, another win against Brooklyn. You know, Kevin Durant and uh, what's his name? Uh, Kyrie, they both struggled, you know. Both one of them shooting four of thirteen, Kyrie, and then Kevin Durant, four of seventeen. You know, most of his points he had eighteen free throws that he made, so most of his twenty-seven points were at the free throw line. Um, but you know, the issue with Brooklyn is the depth. They don't have the depth to be able to compete with with Boston. Like they're top heavy, obviously. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are the best players in this in this series. But you know, on the other side, you know, they're well rounded and they're better defensively. They're just they've just been playing tougher. Um, and Jason Tatum has been able to get other guys the ball, get other guys involved, elevate his, his teammates, which, you know, like I said before, he hadn't done in the past. And now Brooklyn is turning to uh, Ben Simmons, a guy who, who shied away from the big moment. Um, hasn't played in over a year, and he, they said he was going to play. There's a report today that he's going to play game three and game four. That he's he's going to play now, but Steve Nash keeps denying it and keeps denying these reports. I'm like, why would these reports be out there, though, if he's not going to play? And... Honestly, they need him to play. Um, but, like, what are we even expecting from him? Like, he hasn't played much at all in a year. And then when they say he's ramping up, like, practicing and stuff, he was he had a, a back injury. He had some mental health stuff that he was dealing with. And, like, so I don't I don't know if he can, he can come back in a big spot like this where they're down 2-0 and they really need a lot from him for them to compete in this series and to not go down 3-0. So... I think if he does play, I think that's kind of um, I don't think that's the right way to handle it on for for Brooklyn because you're asking a lot for a guy who's already had some some issues right in the past this past year in the playoffs, and now you're gonna put more pressure on him and like the last thing he needs right now is pressure, like he needs to be eased in to his role and in, and you know refamiliarize himself with with his this team and you know get comfortable with with his situation and I think in this spot where they're down 2-0 going back home. Like, I just, I don't think that's the best timing for him personally, but if he feels good enough and he's willing to do it, then sure. But I just hope that he's not being forced into a bad situation because if he, if he has like a really bad game, like is he going to be able to play uh game four or is he, is it just going to, you know, spiral out of control and then it's just going to, you know, we're going to have a, a repeat of, of what we had last year, you know? So I don't know that that's kind of where the Nets are, and that that just seems really desperate. And um, I think they're done. I think I still think Boston six, maybe Brooklyn gets you know two more. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, they pop off one game together with drop both drop thirty five plus or whatever. But you need you need some more help from you know Seth. I know he was kind of injured, so he's coming bouncing back. And then you're relying on uh, Drajic, who's like what 38, 39 now. But you know when he shows up in the playoffs, he shows up when you need him. 
had 18 points in 20 minutes. Patty Mills, they need more from him. I think they need to play him more. Um, you know, Blake Griffin doesn't even play. LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't even play. So it's like, why did you bring those guys there? Like, you brought in these veteran guys. I thought they were there to play, and they're just, they haven't played in a long time. Blake Griffin has been, has been gone for, for months now. Um, you're relying heavy on um, Andre Drummond. Like, I don't know. They, they have like six guys that they can play. They play Kyrie, Durant a lot, Bruce Brown a lot, and Seth Curry. And then after that, everyone else is like in the 20 minute spot. So, like, they have like four guys that they play a lot. And then, you know, they have like three guys on their bench that they kind of trust. Um, and then Kyrie Irving, him and the Boston fans, he's flipping out fans, talking trash because, I mean, th- like, it's a playoff atmosphere. The way you left Boston, like, dude, just deal with it. Like, it's going to be like that forever. They're just going to be booing you and stuff. You can't engage with them, you know, because every time Russell Westbrook, he engages with fans, it turns into something, right? <clears throat> you don't want to be, you don't want people talking about you the next day about, like, what you did with the fans. Like, just, you. I mean, come on. You can't let it get to your head. As soon as you start engaging with them, then it gets worse. They start booing you more. They say more personal things, and then, then you're just going back and forth. It's a whole thing. It's like, you know, like I feel like with Trey, Trey Young, when he was in New York, he handled it a little bit better. He wasn't he wasn't flipping people off or doing stuff like that. He was just unloading on um on Knicks, on the Knicks. And then and now every time he goes to Madison Square Garden, they try to boo him. And he's like, I don't care. I'm going to drop 40 on your head. And you guys are going to lose because you're still a poverty franchise. And then we're going to be in the playoffs. So I think that's how Kyrie has to handle it. He had a great first game, you know, uh, but they lost, you know, so he couldn't shut them up. And then the second game, you know, he, he was not engaging, but he didn't have a good game. So, and then they lost again. So he's not winning that battle at all. So he can't let it get to his head. But, you know, I think he's just taking taking things too personal with that. And um, we'll see. But, you know, I think I think this is Boston's uh, Boston series. And, and yeah, we'll see how, how the next game plays out. And today we have... The Warriors and the Nuggets. Warriors and Nuggets playing at 7 o'clock. So this seems more like it might be a sweep. And I was also wrong about this series. I had, you know, I had uh, the Raptors beating being the Sixers. This one, I, I thought this was going to be the closest series. I thought this was this series was going seven games. Mainly because the Warriors, like Steph Curry, there was a bunch of question marks with Steph. And then um, the way that they were playing the last few games and like the last month, they were kind of, you know, sliding. They weren't consistent enough and they were losing to, like they lost to the Lakers, you know, when no one was losing to the Lakers. You know, they were losing to teams they shouldn't have been losing to, right? And um, I didn't think anyone could really stop Jokic, uh, you know, down low and stuff. But Draymond has been doing a great job on him. Um, And then now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, you know, it's kind of crazy. I thought that it would be a seven-game series, but you know, I, I just think he was elevating his guys like that much to another level to where you know he can they can extend a series, you know, with with the supporting cast that he has, you know. But they're having to rely on on Aaron Gordon too much, you know, and Will Barton, you know, because they can't they don't have Jamal Murray or, or Michael Porter Jr. Those are your your second, third best players, and with those guys, it's more of a series, I think, because. You know, Golden State, they've just been going on these crazy runs. Like, if they're down 15, they'll score 27 straight, going on a 27-0 run or whatever they did with uh, with that pool, Clay, um, and Steph lineup. And um, they found, a, they found like, a, a, a new lineup, you know, with um, – they have Andrew Wiggins, uh, Draymond Green at the five, and then they have Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole. You know, they might not be able to, to do much defensively, but – how are you going to guard those three shooters, right? You like, you can't, you can't stop Steph and Clay as it is. 
you know, shooting the three. And then now Jordan Poole, who has turned into a star, by the way. I liked him coming out of Michigan. I thought he would develop a little bit faster. I didn't think he was going to develop into this, though, honestly. I thought he'd be, you know, more of a streaky shooter. But when he's on, like, he's on. And it looks like Golden State can can rely on him heavily. And he's trying to get a, a new contract. I think this is his contract year. Um, you know, there was reports about Golden State uh, wanting to offer him $80 million. But he's playing him, himself into, like, a hundred maybe $125 million contract. And I worry about Golden State that in the sense that I don't think they're going to be able to, to re-sign him. I think he might go elsewhere and, and get like a different role because, you know, you're still kind of, they're in an interesting spot, as I've said in the past. You know, you're, you're holding on to the present with, you know, Steph and Clay and Draymond. But then, you know, and you can include Kevon Looney. You know, he, he, he's not that old, but he feels like he's been around for a while. And then you have your like your your future pieces, and Jordan Poole is part of that future piece. But he's like he's a star right now, you know, not like Moody and Kaminga, who you know who show signs of you know future stardom, but they're not like you're not going to count them in a, in a uh, playoff series right now, like in a, in a crucial game seven or something. You know, you'll give them some minutes here and there, and you know because they're still developing. But with Jordan Poole, like he's a star right now. I think he could lead a team right now. He's been better than I expected, and I don't know how he's not in the running for most improved award in the NBA. Um, that's just a travesty because he's improved like the most in the NBA, I think. Like John Morant's on that list, but he was already good last year, and he just moved up to a little bit to another tier. But like from what Jordan Poole did, he turned to he blossomed into a star this this season, and then you know he was starting a lot of games, and when Steph was out or if Clay was out. He was dropping 30 plus points, you know, in consecutive games, and he had a record there. And then he had a, a like a 15 game streak or something, and then it broke. But um, Draymond's closer to 100, percent I think. Steph says he still has some some um, some issues with his foot. He has he has some pain or something when he's running. But I mean, with him and Pool, and then Clay has his confidence back. He's not pressing as much. Like, this is why I picked this team to go uh, to the finals and win the championship this year. You know, I'm not getting caught up in the moment. I've said this early this year because I thought, you know, they might not get the one seed. But over time, when people get healthy, you know, everyone gets re-familiarized with, like, their roles once uh, once Clay comes back. And then Andrew Wiggins, if he just, like, stops shining from the moment like he did when Clay first came back and was really struggling to score, it was all in his head with the with the free throws and stuff. You know, that's why I think that they could, they could win now. And then especially with, which we'll get into, there's an injury to um, to Devin Booker, which I'll talk about. But um, And he might, be, he might be out for a bit. So this kind of opens the door for Golden State out of the West, right? And then depending how this Memphis and, and Timberwolves series goes. And then there's also an injury to Luka, which we'll get into. Um I, that's why I have Golden State, right? But there was a lot of question marks going in, but you know they look like they're just, they're just dominating the Nuggets. I know the Nuggets are still under man, but they have Jokic, who's you know arguably the MVP right now. So, um, but the way that Golden State has been able to defend him has been just amazing, and they, they're in they're in the heads of the Denver Nuggets players are arguing on the bench with each other, and you know it's just like they're they're like a broken team, you know. But they're they're undermanned, obviously. But for them to get the six seed. Is amazing. Um, we'll see if Jamal Murray is even cleared to play. I don't think so. I don't think they should rush him because I think, you know, I think they're done either way. But uh, but that's how I feel about this Golden State 
uh, lineup and this threat with you know Jordan Poole, Clay, and Steph, and I just love that new lineup that they have because it's that's deadly offensively, not not good defensively like the Death lineup or the the Hamptons Five lineup, but that's all you hear on on San Francisco sports radio. They're trying to name this this new lineup. How about we give give this lineup a few more um, playoff series, you know, give give them give them a championship run or something before we we start giving them some new trademark name or something. Just give us some time, let it simmer. Let's see some more um, success out of it first. Uh, Grizzlies and Timberwolves. So I know a lot of people were making fun of the Timberwolves for like overly celebrating their their play in tournament victory and, and locking themselves into the playoffs. But you know the Clippers blew that. The Clippers blew that, and then they lost to the Pelicans. And they should have they should have won both those games if they if they had to play twice because um, they should be in the playoffs. But that that was a that was a big failure on their part, especially with Paul George getting COVID, and then so he had missed a game. But um, yeah, we'll see you next year because they sh- they should be they should be like a top three team. But you know th- it's been a failure with Kawhi and and Paul George pairing because you know like they're never on the court at the same time. And then when they are, like they're not they don't live up to the potential. Anyway, we'll we'll talk about the Clippers another time. Um, so Timberwolves ended up ended up winning that game, locked themselves in. Everyone's making fun of them. Patrick Beverly is. Doing the Kobe Bryant, standing on the scorer's table, throwing his jersey in the stands, like it's super pumped up to win this uh, this play-in tournament game. Um, but you know what? This has been a franchise that has been just um, in disarray, I should say. Uh, you know, you get Carl Anthony Towns, you get like a focal center every time, and then it just like it doesn't produce it doesn't produce wins or anything. And then you know you have Kevin Love, you trade Kevin Love. You know, you get Andrew Wiggins. You got some pieces. You have uh, Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, and uh, and Cat. And then you know you trade Zach Levine to Chicago, uh, Andrew Wiggins to Golden State for D'Angelo Russell. So you're committing to Cat. Cat's your best guy, right? The Cat took a, a an extra step this year, I think. Um, you know, you had a chance to draft a mellow ball. You get Anthony Edwards, which I think Anthony Edwards for this team is is better than what Lamelo Ball would have been fit wise. I think Lamelo Ball's a, a better fit in Charlotte, because personality wise, I think um, uh, Carl Anthony Towns needed a yin to his yang, right? He needed someone who they were their complete opposites, but they fit together. And and uh, Anthony Edwards is, a, is he has that dog mentality. He's a, he's an alpha on the team. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is more like, hey, I'll, I'll lead by example, you know, but. They needed to, to balance each other out in that sense, and they did. And this team, you know, and then you have Patrick Beverly, you know, throwing some some attitude here and there. Um, and <clears throat> this series is tied 1-1. You know, that first series, uh, Anthony Edwards had a great game. Uh, but it seems like if you look at, if you're just looking at the stat sheet, um, it looks like this is Anthony Edwards' team now because he's, he has like the most shots, you know, higher higher usage than Carl Anthony Towns. Um, D'Angelo Russell is kind of there. It just it's, it doesn't really work well with, when they're playing together. But um, yeah, this is Anthony Edwards' team now, and he's like what in his second year, and he's like he's leading a playoff team. You know, Carl Anthony Towns only had like seven shots or something uh, this last game. And, um, you know, I think that was a wake up call for Memphis losing that first game. Because, you know, Memphis, they need to validate this second seed that they got, you know. And I think after that first loss against the Timberwolves, a lot of people were like, oh, okay, you know, you know, maybe, maybe, um, maybe Memphis isn't for real. Maybe they're, this was just a good regular season, but, you know, they're back to reality. They're not going to advance any further. You know, already given 
Minnesota the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, you know, Minnesota's going to win. I think this is going to be a great series. This is going to be a six-game series here. Because, um, you know, they, they're, they're very similar in a way. Like, the Grizzlies, even though they got a second seed, like, they're still a really young team. You know, like, just last year they were in the playing game and they beat Golden State. You know, they, they limited Golden State. So the, And then before that, they weren't even in the playoffs. So, you know, these are both really young teams, right? Like, this is, like, where the Timberwolves are right now is where Memphis was last year. So, it's, like, it's not that big of a difference. I think we were giving Memphis, like, too much credit because of John Morant. We're saying he was MVP. But, you know, they're winning all these games without him. So, Memphis does have this, um, they have this this depth there. And then they're, they're so greedy defensively. Um, but... I, th- I like don't count out the Timberwolves. You know the Timberwolves like they're both these teams are kind of built the same way. You know they have great young talent, pedigree, top draft picks. Um, they're not scared of anyone, and they feel like you know they shouldn't be here kind of thing. Like we have nothing to lose. That's how they feel. Um, maybe Memphis feels more like hey we belong, we need to prove it kind of thing. But you know Timberwolves are like yeah man, no one expected us to be here, so let's just go out and, and you know shock the world, beat a two seed right. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. This, this game is today at 4.30. Um, I would still have Memphis advancing six games. Um, Utah Jazz, uh, Dallas Mavericks. I I really don't like this series at all. This series is just um, it's just a boring series. Mainly because um, Luka, last game of the ser- season, he got injured You know, with his ankle. He had an ankle sprain. Um, now he's, he's going to miss like the first three games, I guess. And you know, the series is still tied one, one. I hate watching the Utah jazz. Utah jazz are a, a broken team for sure. And then when I thought Luca was going to play, I had, I had, um, Dallas advancing in five games because jazz, I just feel, I feel like they're done. Like they're done. Donovan Mitchell's done. Rudy Gobert is done. Like they just, they have they have team chemistry issues and just the way that they collapse all the time like shows that they're done. Jalen Brunson popped off for forty one points or whatever in game two. Like Jalen Brunson just scored forty one points in a playoff game against the Jazz. Like come on, how, how does how does that happen? Like I don't know. So it's like if it's not Luca, it's someone else who's going to torch the Jazz. Um, I I don't see the Jazz advancing at all. I'll even give it without Luca. If Luca doesn't play the series, I just I don't see it. Uh, which that's 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 a lot to say because, you know, Dallas without Luca is like they're nothing. But if Luca does come back, I guess then you know for sure. Um, I just think the Jazz are so broken, and if the Jazz do somehow advance past this first round, I think they're toast the next round. Um, but you know, with those main injuries, you know now um, with the that injury to Luca. And then this next injury that I'm going to talk about with Devin Booker, he left us the game too early, and um, you know the Suns had to finish that game without him. And he's he's supposed to miss game three and game four, and the Pelicans won that second game. Brandon Ingram's 37 points. You know he he had a great game. Brandon Ingram, he has not been talked about enough um, since he's been in the NBA. You know he was part of that Laker team with uh, Lonzo Ball, Julius Randle. Um, was D'Angelo Russell on that team? And then, or no, they traded D'Angelo Russell when they when they drafted Lonzo Ball. But um, yeah, he uh, he, he oh, and Kyle Kuzma's on that team too. And then when he was on that Lakers team, like he was like um, I, the thing I liked about him was like he felt like he needed to assert himself. Like he was like, I'm alpha. I feel like I'm the best player. I should take the last shot. You know, he there were a lot of young guys and like so none of them were 
we couldn't really t- separate them. I thought it was like either him or Kyle Kuzma were the best players on that team. Uh, but now it's uh, it's clearly Brandon Ingram. He's a number one when he first got traded to New Orleans. And everyone was talking about him and Zion. And they're kind of making it more about Zion than Brandon Ingram. I said that the offense needs to be run through Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram is the best player. Brandon Ingram is a veteran, I guess now, in comparison to Zion. He's a more complete player at this point than Zion, and you have to run everything through him. Like, he should be the number one option, and we should stop talking about Zion. Um, and Willie Green, the head coach, this is his first head coaching job. He's, you know, he's really turned this franchise around, him, Brandon Ingram. And then that trade for C.J. McCollum, I, I, I thought that would be a great trade. A great trade for them because they need someone like that. Um, and, you know, now they're tied 1-1, and Devin Booker, is out he's possibly missing the next two games so that's great for for new orleans because if they can get they can make the series interesting go six games so i don't expect them to win but i don't know if dan booker's out for an extended period of time like who knows man <laughs> you, you never know right because everyone's riding off this pelicans team and uh but you know injuries open the door for people right confidence opens the door for people willie green he's put the confidence into this team they had a terrible start what was it like one in 12 and then like three and 19 or something like they were just awful. And then they make the straight for CJ Brandon Ingram's being a better player. They're playing for each other. They have some random cast off guys, you know, um, Zion's still not playing, but who cares? Like they, they have nothing to lose at all. There's like, all right, man, like, let's go, let's play against the most consistent team in the NBA this year. The team with the best record. I think they only had 18 losses this year. Now they're tied one, one, and now it's like, okay, what happens now? Now you have to rely heavily on Chris Paul, who's been great. But, you know, keep in mind, he's 38 and he's injury prone. Usually this time of the year, something happens. Something unlucky happens to Chris Paul. So, um, you know, if Chris Paul goes down, then, you know, they're done, right? Um, so I would just look at that and that would be a huge upset. And that's why I'm saying this is going to open the door for uh, for the Warriors. Just to see how... The Phoenix Suns respond without Devin Booker for the entire game. And Devin Booker was having an amazing game. He had like 38 points in in like the first half or something like that. Something crazy. Like he was going to have like a 50-point game in the playoffs. And they were definitely going to beat the Pelicans. It would be up 2-0. Uh, but yeah, that's just not how it how it ended. Um, but I expect the Pelicans to make this uh, make this game in, or the series interesting. At least six games. And then we'll talk about the Heat and the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks earned that last spot um, on the back of uh, off the back of Trey Young and the Heat have been um, I've been discrediting the Heat all year long because I, I was embarrassed uh, this past year when I, I said that they're gonna they're gonna sweep the uh, they're gonna beat the Bucks and then the Bucks swept them and then uh, won the championship and that was in the first round uh, but now the Heat you know they made some changes um, and they somehow got the number one seed in the East and they're just playing tough, man. Jimmy Butler had, he was like the third player in heat history to finish a, a playoff game, 45, five and five. Um, the other two players were LeBron and Dwayne Wade. So, you know, they're, they're tough defensively. They're, they're um, really hard on Trey Young. Trey Young has struggled in this series and, you know, the heat are up 2-0, um, and I think that's going to be a sweep, especially, you know, you, ha- you don't have Clint Capella and you don't have that consistency, you know, from, from the other guys with the Hawks that they, like you need, because Trey Young is, he's the one who's like, it's all him. You know, he's just, it's like him and Luca are the ones who are like, have to elevate these other guys around him and, and Jokic does too. But, 
Um, yeah, it's a lot on his uh, on his shoulders for to have to carry an eight seed to try to beat the Miami Heat. Like I just I just don't see it at all. Uh, but you know the playoffs have been kind of they've been up and down. You know some some games have been good. Uh, there's been some blowouts, but you know some of these matchups are are interesting. Um, I think uh, I think we're in for for a good um, next round though. You know some of these some of these like early matchups I think will end you know pretty quickly. Um, some sweeps and then some in, in five games, but uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Things will get a little bit interesting. Um, so on to the NFL. You know there was. There's been a lot of trades, a lot of uh, a lot of speculation stuff. You know, we had some, you know, Russell Wilson moved, uh, Devontae Adams moved. Some people got paid, some people got traded, right? Um, you know, but you know, one team that has been kind of staying quiet was 49ers. Like, what are they going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo? Still hasn't been traded yet. All these all these teams and quarterbacks have have moved, have um, you know made some trades, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is still there. Um, but you know, with the wide receiver market. You know, there was a Christian Kirk, you know, bring him up again a little bit. Um, he got a new contract. Um, you know, Devontae Adams, he got a contract because he got traded. And then, you know, Tyreek Hill got traded, got a new contract. All these guys got a new contract. But there was one one big name receiver, you know, uh, Debo Samuel, who he's like one of the most dynamic um, wide receivers in the league because, you know, he's what he calls himself a wide back put him in the backfield, give him 10 carries, get 100 yards, 100 yards receiving, couple rushing touchdowns, passing t- or, or receiving touchdown. He could pass to, he could do everything, right? And he does things that other other wide receivers don't do. So I think he's the most valuable wide receiver in that sense is that you can plug and play anywhere. You know, and he's physical. He's a uh, he's like the emotional leader for the 49ers, like they look to him and He's just seems like a good dude, good dude overall, right? But for some reason, he, you know, he's in his contract year, or no, he's under contract for two more years. But he just had a great year, you know. They almost uh, went to the Super Bowl, right? So naturally, you know, you go back to the negotiation table, like, hey man, I know I have two years, but I need to re up. I'm 26, you know, I'm the main focal point of your offense. You know, I run the ball. You know, I'm I'm the best I'm the best player here. Um, I'm a foundational piece to what you're trying to accomplish here, but um, and it seemed like he was he was down. You know they're going to resign him, but then you know uh, Devonte Adams happened. You know um, people got paid. I think Cooper Cup got a new contract. You know Tyreek Hill just got one. A uh, bunch of uh, players that Debo is probably better than or as good as. However you want to do your uh, wide receiver rankings. Um, you know they got paid. They got the bag, and, you know, I think talks must have stalled with the 49ers. Something happened, though, you know, because then he, he changed up quick. And then he recently, this was yesterday, uh, requested a trade. And, of course, uh, you know, San Francisco media, they are out of their minds right now. You know, sports radio is going crazy. The city has been buzzing, you know. The the Giants are off to a good start. I think they're, what, a 7-4. The Warriors are in the playoffs. They're, they have a 2-0 lead on uh, on the, the Denver Nuggets, you know. And I work, you know, by uh, Oracle Park and, and Chase Stadium. Um, I haven't, or the Chase Center, and I haven't been to either of them this year yet. But you know, uh, when I'm on, on at work on like a nice Sunday afternoon, and everyone's you know walking to the game, uh, to the Giants game, they got their jerseys on, and I'm and I'm in work. I'm fucking, I'm doing my job. I'm like, okay, like this sucks, but you know, I'm here, 
and then or you know it's like a it's like a Thursday night and you know you see people walking to chase go to the Warriors game and I'm at work I'm like damn I gotta close this place I got I'm gonna be here for another hour and a half I know it and you know that's fine you know because that's my job but yeah the city's been excited about things you know they're like okay you know what uh, we lost in the NFC Championship game to the Rams, but you know what? There's there's a lot of it's wide open though because the Packers got worse. You know, Tom Brady's coming back, but you know his team might, may be worse. Um, the Rams, you know, is there going to be a Super Bowl hangover? You know, so the so the NFC is more wide open than the AFC, right? So we're we're feeling good about the 49ers, You know, feeling good about the Giants. You know, the Warriors. We're like, okay, we can we can make some some things happen here. And then the trade happened. The trade request happens. So I'm like, okay, what what's going on now? I'm like, why don't you guys just meet up, get, pay him whatever you need to. You know, I don't want to start kicking down doors at Levi's Stadium, you know, um, getting, getting a lighter, doing some damage, you know, getting a, a group together to cause some, some damage to some, some public buildings here in, in San Francisco. But um, I guess that they went, they tried to negotiate, they're ready to sign him, and he cut off all communications with them, you know. And then now there was another report that uh, he – he doesn't want to be a wide back now. He doesn't want to, you know, carry the ball out of the backfield, which, you know, that made him the most dynamic wide receiver in the league. And, and, you know, I think that he thinks it devalues him. I think it makes him more valuable than any other wide receiver because he does more than what they do. He, he brings more to the table, but it does, you know, shorten your career a little bit, but if they come to agreement, Hey, let's give him like seven to 10 carries a game. Like, let's not give him like the 13 or 14, but then at the end of the Cowboys game, he's like, "Hey, coach, give me the ball." Like he was—he seemed like he was fine with it. And then throughout the season, like, did he make his his opinions known to the coaching staff? Like, "Hey, I don't want to run the ball anymore." You know, like they have a good running back in Elijah Mitchell, but they don't have like a good—they don't have good, you know, the good backups. But they don't have anyone like Debo Samuel back there running that ball, right? And then uh, at the end, he's like, "They were gonna uh, call a pass play." You heard the audio. He's like, uh, he's like Mike or not Mike. He's like Kyle. Give me the ball. Like, all right, let's give him the ball. And then they gave him the ball in the backfield. They didn't pass it to him. And he, what did he do? He got the first down. Like that's what made him so valuable for the 49ers team. And then the game against the Packers. All the, you know, like he was just making things happen for that offense. It was because he was coming out of the backfield. But if he doesn't want to, I, you know, I'd sit him down, have a conversation. Like, hey man, we don't have to. You know, maybe we can do five to seven if you're comfortable with that. But if you're not, like you know, let us know. We'll just, you know, run the offense differently. We'll, we'll, but, you know, our focus, the 49ers focus, you know, their focus is, is running game, right? Defense and, you know, you get some passes here and there. But um, I just, if he was, if he made it known throughout the season and then they didn't make any changes, then sure. But he seemed like he was fine with it. He started calling himself a wide back. So I'm like, okay, that's fine, you know. Um, but maybe they went to him with an offer that was lower than what he wanted. But then, another report came out that it said it wasn't about money. It was about his position and, and all that stuff. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't know, man, then if you're doing, if you're not doing that and you're with another team, like I don't think you'd be uh, deemed as, as, um, as valuable as you were with the 49ers. Right. But I just want this, this to be resolved. And you know who I blame? I blame Christian fucking Kirk and the, and, and the Jacksonville Jaguars because Jacksonville Jaguars got so desperate because no one wants to go to fucking Jacksonville that's like hey let's pay the third best wide receiver in Arizona let's overpay him and like assign him to a guaranteed contract and Christian Kirk and bring him over to Jacksonville so they they were the first ones they were like oh yeah let's overpay this dude and they overpaid him so now all the other wide receivers all the great all the Devonte Adams all the Debo Samuels and and Tyree Kill they're all looking around like what well, why did Christian Kirk get this 
back contract from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, I know it's Jacksonville, but come on, it's Christian Kirk. Like, he's good, but like, come on. He's not, he's not on the tier or on the level of those other guys. And because of that contract, everyone else like kind of waited around like, okay, let's see what other domino falls or what else happens. Um, so now, you know, now you got to kind of have to trace that. And then, you know, Devontae Adams had a big contract. So all these other guys had big contracts. Now Devo's sitting there like, damn, I think I could do more stuff than those guys can. And so now the 49ers, they, they don't have to trade him. They can franchise tag him. Uh, he's under contract for two more years. They can just say, hey, man. Uh, you know, you're going to play under contract, but I think they need to figure out a way to, to rectify this. They can't, they can't trade him. I don't think so because he, you know, like I said, he's a foundational piece. He's 26 years old. You still have George Kittle's what? 28 Elijah Mitchell. Like as I finished saying, he would have had over a thousand yards rushing his rookie year, but he, and he missed like four games and he wasn't even the starter the whole year. And he had like 948, something like that. So He's come back. He's still young. You know, they have their defense still. Like, they're like the NFC is wide open. We just need to see the development of Trey Lance. So, you can't, like, they're right there. You can't trade Debo Samuel. If you did, I would trade to, uh, to the New York Jets because they're desperate for uh, a number one receiver. They were, they were trying to get Tyree Kill. They have a 10th uh, overall draft pick this year. I would try to get that 10th pick because Debo Samuel's 26. He, had, he just came off a, a career year. Um, and then you get that first rounder and maybe a second, third, that's what I would do. But if, if they can't repair the relationship, but we'll see, I don't know. I, I was, I was definitely shocked by that. Cause he seemed like he was good with everything. Um, but anyway, onto the TV watch list. I uh, just watched the season finale of uh, snowfall. So if you haven't watched it, you can turn off the podcast now. Uh, Cause I'm going to talk about some spoilers. Um, you know, I had a, a few complaints about the season. It was just like, a lot of stuff happened, but then it was, um, but like nothing really happened. Like there would, they would have like some conflict. Franklin would have some conflict and then it would get resolved like in one episode. And then, you know, the, like the whole thing with peaches was like kind of dumb. Like peaches seemed super loyal. And then all of a sudden he like takes her money and like he goes away and he was like, he was like an addict. Like they showed him like sniffling in one episode. We're like, oh, okay. He might be, he might be on drugs. And then like next episode, oh yeah, peaches took everything. He was an addict. Like, okay. And then, I don't know, like episode to episode, like they had like new conflict and then it would get resolved like really fast. And, um, I, it was just like, it was boring and it was like too much talking and then like, okay, well now we're fine. Oh, now, now I got beef with Louie. Now like Kevin's brother, Kane, who we never heard of now he's back because he's, he was in prison when you killed Kevin. And now, now this is drama. And it's like, okay. And then that got resolved and then he gets shot and I'm like, okay, like, like stuff happened, but like not really happened. It was like really slow. Um, and then like, there was like, there's some loose ends that haven't been tied up. Like what happened with Lucia? Like Lucia was like a main character in the first two seasons. And then at the end of the second season, also gets, um, stabbed. And then, um, like she's like helping him out and then like she goes away. And then he uh, also wanted Teddy to find him or find her. And then like, there was never any like talk about it again. Like n- I never heard about it. Character just gone. Like, and I have no idea what happened, but um, yeah, Teddy's just taking everyone down, you know, uh, also got arrested uh, by the DEA. So I-, I don't know if that was like on Teddy's end or what. Um, but then, you know, what I did like though, was like the character development of Leon. Um, you know, he's my favorite character. And then now he's like, he's kind of on this thing. Like he wants to help his people and he wants to stop killing people in the streets and stuff. And, 
Uh, now him and him and Wanda are back together, and I, I guess kind of back together. They kiss, I guess. So, and then they're gonna go to Africa. It's gonna be this whole thing. Um, but so I don't, I don't know where the show goes from here. Really, um, seems like um, you know, well, Franklin's gonna try to kill Teddy because he stole his money, and then, um, but then at the end though it was cool because um, you know it seemed like everyone was turning their backs on Franklin, and then he gets like the two the two stripper girls that that work for him. He's like, hey, you know, I need your help with this or whatever. And then they just went and they robbed Louis and and Jerome of they robbed the money they they shot like four people he just went and started killing people took the money took the drugs robbed them and then meets with his mom that at the end the mom's like oh yeah I met some friends they're part of the KGB and if you want to kill Teddy let's fight fire with fire and then it ends on like that scene where uh, Franklin's like looking at his mom like damn and then it ends with like a, an NWA song so. Next season seems like it's gonna get like pretty messy. Some some more people are gonna die. Um, but now, cause it's it now it seems like it's just um, it's just uh, Franklin and his mom and like I guess like the the stripper girls and then um, well he was like he, he went to visit Kane and then I thought he was gonna like bring those people in with him but he just went to go tell Kane that Louis was the one who who shot him and put him in the hospital so that he can send Kane can send his guys to go kill to go kill Louie and hopefully take care of that. But, um, uh, but yeah, Franklin doesn't really have a big squad with him right now. Um, he's kind of, you know, on his own with like four people. I'm surprised that he didn't ask Leon to, to meet with Louie or, or try, try to kill Louie because, you know, he had, he wanted to retaliate for the, the shooting of Kane, but, uh, Leon is like on his own path. It seems like, and then they had kind of had a falling out, on the last episode, so I don't think they made up, but I, w- I wish there was like some some dialogue or some some follow up on the past episode um, with Leon and uh, and Franklin. But I don't know, it, it, like the whole season was terrible. But I don't know, this past um, this last episode was was good. I guess some stuff happened and they kind of you know closed some some stuff there that that was just like okay, like this just you know like since John Singleton died, like some of the writing changed a lot, but, um, I guess, you know, they're going to end it with season six and we'll see how that goes. Um, winning time that show on HBO. I've been really enjoying that. Um, I think it's funny that Jerry West is like, Oh, they need to retract, uh, you know, the, my storyline and they need to apologize to me. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is calling it crap. And then Magic Johnson's like, Oh, how are you going to do it without the actual Lakers? And they're, they're like, they're offended because, it shine. It puts them in a bad light. Like they look like they're bad. Jerry West cheating on his wife. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar not signing autographs for children, being kind of an ass. Magic Johnson shows how it shows him. You know, messing around with women with, with no protection and you know and, and getting stuff probably. But um, it, it just made, doesn't make him look good. But it, it's not like the writers and in, in, in uh, McKay. He said Adam McKay said like, okay, look, man, like it's not true to events we're just we're here to entertain we're just like you know making a different story based off like what happened you know like they make pat riley kind of look like a loser in the beginning which makes me laugh because pat riley is the the godfather and um yeah like don't take it like for like word for word like this is actually what happened and if you if you do take like that you're not gonna like it but if you enjoy it for like a fun viewing experience then it's like it's funny and it's you know it's got some some um like some action some drama it's got all kinds of stuff and it's just like a funny like a fun show to watch like i enjoy watching it every sunday um watch the show severance on uh it's on apple plus i i'm barely on episode two but um it's kind of an interesting story um ben stiller i think he wrote and directed it and it stars um 
Adam Scott and, and Patricia Arquette. And Adam Scott's character, you know, he goes through, um, he experiences a major loss, right, in his life. But um, when he goes to work, there's like this, uh, there's this program where like it separates you. So you don't know that you're at work or you don't know what's happening in your personal life. Um, and so as soon as you clock in, you, you walk into the building, you just like forget everything in your personal life. And then you, and when you, when you go home, it's like everything comes back and you're like back to who you are. And so like at work, Adam Scott's like, he's normal, he's good at his job. He does his job well and stuff. And then as soon as he's like leaving, you can see his like his body sink and he's just like depressed and he's, he's going through, uh, um, he's experiencing some loss and, and dealing with that. So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting, but there's like some other, there's like some sci-fi thriller stuff there that, that hasn't shown up yet in, in the episode that I'm in, but, um, but it's, it's interesting so far and I'm like, I'm into it now. So now I'm hoping I can, on my next day off, I can just, um, I could just binge the rest of the episodes. Uh, but that's all I have today. I, I, I haven't watched the new Breaking Bad episode yet. It did premiere the other night and then Barry's going to come back on Sunday. So, and then I have my homework and stuff. I got a, a bunch of stuff going on that I got to catch up on, but, um, well, not a bunch of stuff, but you know, I, I, I get off of work like kind of late and then I come home and I'm like, damn, I don't want to, I, I just want to watch the office and then go to sleep and then that's it. And the next day, uh, but then yeah, I'm back in school. So I got, I got to do my homework and kind of balance things out. But, uh, yeah, that's all I have for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. As always share the podcast. If you like it, even if you hate it, share it. Cause then someone else might be like, Oh, you know what? It was actually good. I liked it. You know, I can listen to it again. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you guys and yeah, we'll, we'll talk uh, next week. I think it'll probably be on, uh, on Monday because that's my next day off. So thanks.